It's nighttime on the internet. A greasy spoon cook on Twitter doesn't know how to hashtag his tagged hash. A grave robber feels shame after leaving an AV club comment. And Nutria beams with pride at her amount of Pinterest repins. It's time for the Pod F Tompcast. Welcome to the Pod F Tompcast. When night descends on the internet, Paul F. Tompkins keeps watch over all there is, fueled by the music of Eben Schletter's piano forte. Together, these two sentries sail unseen towards the shores of day, passing the time with comedy-type ramblings and bitlets. The Pod F. Tompcast, episode 17. Uh-huh. Yep. It's happening. The Pod F. Tompcast has returned once more. I am Paul F. Tompkins. I am your host. The piano music is coming courtesy of Eben Schletter. I want to say he's a co-host, but he's not allowed to talk. He speaks. He obviously speaks with his piano. You can hear that. His language is the language of music. Did not really catch on except with birds, did it? <laughs> They're the only species that's uh, using music as a language. I mean, we have, you know, human beings have music. We have it. But we're not trying to tell each other important stuff every day. Most songs are just about, I love you, or how come you don't love me? Every once in a while there's a song like, let's have a party. But birds, they're not... <laughs> Let me tell you Here's what you gotta know about birds. They don't have a lot of time for small talk. And they don't express their feelings a lot of the time. Birds are very closed off. They're very remote. Birds are stoic. It's all that racket that they make. That is just important stuff. That is just stuff. They they wouldn't be saying it if they didn't have to say it. I think that's why they sound... I think that's why they sound so annoying. And make... let's, Let's make no bones about this. Birds sound annoying. Bird song is unwelcome. It's unpleasant. If you're if you're if you're out in the woods, like literally you're in a cabin or something like that, and you hear like a little bird tweeting just every once in a while, that's fine. But when when you live in a city like me, like a normal person, there's a bird outside your window that's just like going off. That's not pleasant. It is unpleasant. Like they're just, oh, it's just noise. But I, I know to this bird, this bird is trying to communicate something, something desperately to other birds. I don't know if, uh, 
I don't know what he's trying to say because birds, they're not a great community. It doesn't seem like they look out for each other. <laughs> I'm basing all this on zero knowledge, by the way. Birds are selfish. They don't care about each other. So I think all they're trying to communicate to each other at best is like, hey, there's cats all over the place. And at worst, I think birds are just, I think all that noise they make is bragging. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like I've covered birds on this podcast before. And let me tell you something. I've just come to realize I have a big problem with birds that I, <laughs> that I never knew that I had before. Because like, look, wind chimes, I have, we have, my wife and I. We're grown-up people. We have wind chimes outside our door. And I love them. I love the sound of wind chimes. It's just as random and cacophonous as birdsong, if you think about it. But why why does that delight me to hear that? And when a bird is just going... Why does that send me into a blind rage? What's my problem with birds? I gotta, I gotta seek a professional opinion on this. It's scary though, right? I find out some weird. <laughs> I find out some weird trauma that I've buried, that I had with a stupid bird. Maybe a bird assaulted me. <laughs> Maybe a bird is my real dad. You abandoned me. Isn't it every child's fantasy that their parents are not their real parents and their their real parents are rich, powerful, good-looking birds? This is just common. We've all thought this when we were kids. Big mistake not writing that into Harry Potter, by the way. Like what you're you're dealing with a magical land. Would it have been that much crazier to make Harry Potter's dad a bird? A magic bird, of course, obviously a magic bird. An amazing wizard bird, but just give it a bird head even. Get a little uh, ancient Egypt in there. Just for goofs and grins. <laughs> I did not enjoy uttering that gross expression. worse than the other one, which I won't say. It's beneath me. But it is worse than that. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, it's been a while since we recorded. I was sort of afraid I wouldn't know where the old stream of consciousness was going to take me. Maybe I'd run aground real quick, but nope. Thank God there's still birds in the world. Thank God I still have an huge problem with them or we couldn't have got this episode of the podcast started this is the pot of tomcast and uh we are back we have a very fun show as, as i like to think we always do and i realize you know i can say oh it's a fun show that's you're gonna decide that this is one of those things that is subjective some things 
objective, some things subjective. I'm not trying to grover you. I'm not going to say those words over and over again until they lose all meaning. I'm just recognizing for you. Because you might... Here's, here's what I imagine the listeners doing. When I say, we have a fun show, I imagine the listeners going, we'll see. And when I say the listener, I think I have one listener. <laughs> Who hates the show? <laughs> what torture it is for the both of us. Me doing the show, my one listener hating the show. Locked in battle, tusk to tusk, for all eternity. No quarter asked and none given. Will you yield, sir? I shall not yield. That's right. Ooh, yeah. Never. You shall never make me stop doing this podcast. That's right, listener. You done done it now. Now I'll see to it this podcast endures. Even after God, in his wisdom, separates me from it by death. Somehow I have to make sure this podcast continues after I am gone. I would love to calculate how long my listener's life is going to last and then do one more than that. Like, if I could start banking them now. Like, here's what I... Obviously, I'm going to stop all other career pursuits. Never do stand-up again. No more television. I'll never write any more recaps of American Idol for Vulture. <laughs> Never going to do that again anyway. But I will stop everything. I have to get divorced. Sever ties with my family. From now on, it is just me and Eben hurtling through the internet, making podcast after podcast after podcast just to punish our one listener. And I mean, we really got to play the odds here. We got to, first of all, I should find out who this guy is. I'm assuming it's a guy. I can't imagine any woman would be willfully listening to a podcast she hated. (laughs) Waiting for me to give up first. Uh, (laughs) No, it's some dumb dude. Hates the show, hates me. Keeps listening just because he's not going to, because he wants to prove he can take it. Like, his challenge to me is, dish it out, man. Dish out your podcast I can't stand. I can listen to it. I can I can hate it and listen to it at the same time. And I'll hate it so much, you'll quit doing it out of just embarrassment. Well, guess what? If I was going to quit stuff... Because it was embarrassing to me, I never would have gotten into show business in the first place. I'll beat you, listener. I'll beat you. I'm going to find out everything about you. Find out your health habits. How healthy are you? I bet you're not very healthy. I bet because you... You know why? Because you don't know what's important in life. You got no perspective. Unless you are 
totally cape fearing me and you were like in super great shape just because you want to outlast me. I'll tell you something, I'm not in the best shape. I'm working on it, but you know, it's not, I'm not going to win any contests at all, any kind of contest. I'm not a competitive person by nature and by nurture, <laughs> both. How do you like that? But you, listener, have awakened something within me. And I will make it my life's work to keep producing podcasts until the day you die. There is a new one in your iTunes. Or Zoom Marketplace. I don't know how that works. You're probably a Zoom person. Okay, well, that concludes the new business portion of the show. We have all sorts of stuff today. We have a call with our friend Jen Kirkman. We have a sketch from the Paul F. Tompkins show live at Largo. And we have the latest installment of the Great Undiscovered Project. Project. Canada and the UK. Do you say project? I think you do. I, you know what? Maybe you say project. I know you say process as opposed to process. See, I said it like it sounds to you. Process. Process. It's not that crazy. Here's you doing an American accent. I'm going to process that. It's not what we sound like. I'm going to process that. Okay? Yeah. I sound nice. Anyway, the great undiscovered project. Ha! Ah, curve ball, as they say in UK baseball. A curving ball. He certainly threw him a curving ball on that one. <laughs> I actually pride myself on my accents, and that wasn't that good. He certainly threw him a curving ball on that one. That was a little bit better. Look, I'm great. In the last installment of the Great Undiscovered Project, uh, Cake Boss went to visit film director Werner Herzog because Cake Boss was concerned about his friend Mr. Brainwash the street artist whose body is slowly his blood is, is slowly changing to glue Mr. Brainwash worried about how well his acting was going to do Ugh, grammar where'd you go all of a sudden He's worried about his acting abilities and how he would fare in the cast of the movie. So Cake Boss went to Horn Herzog. He knows he's friends with uh, other people. Maybe he could help out. I think that's all you need to know to hear this next scene. And if it's not, see if you can figure out what was left out of my introduction. Right, that's a fun game. How would an Encyclopedia Brown approach this? 
Oh, by the way, my my uh, bracelets, my Howard Encyclopedia Brown approach to this bracelets, the H W E B A T bracelets. <laughs> they are on sale in our podcast gift shop. So be sure to exit through it, Mr. Brainwash. Right? Tying it together? No one cares? Good. Good. I don't, I don't either. I don't care. So now in this... In this installment, we find Werner Herzog going to do just that. He's going to see what he can do to help out Mr. Brainwash. We take you now to that place of action. Where actions happen. Place of action. That's a term that everyone uses. In the recent past, a group of creative giants collaborated on an epic artistic endeavor, ultimately abandoned and hidden from the public. A series of covert recordings tell the tale of this ill-fated venture. But who made these recordings, and why? This is The Great Undiscovered Project. Okay, here we are, out on the water. The sun is shining, fresh air. What could be better? One thousand things. Oh, I forgot who I was talking to. Werner, I'm sorry we couldn't do this indoors, but I just couldn't change my schedule. Apologies are unnecessary, Gary. I appreciate your meeting me at all. You're very magnanimous with your time. Ah, I just gotta check this sonar equipment today. Hopefully these gadgets will make it easier to find the Loch Ness Monster. Otherwise what? I'm gonna get in the water myself with one of those big brass helmets with the screen door? Okay, here's a good spot. Bombs away! And then push this. And then push that. I've been meaning to ask you, have you made any progress in your search for Nessie? Not as much as you might think. The trail's gone cold. Apparently, she might not even be in Scotland at all anymore. So you would search the whole world for this creature? Hey, that's the way the cookie crumbles. So I give myself more time, I guess. I thought I could do this in two weeks, but looks like it might be closer to a month. Wise. I'd do it sooner if it weren't for this picture I'm working on. About that, the cake boss has asked me to intercede with you on behalf of his friend, Mr. Brainwash. The glue guy? It's the same. Apparently, Mr. Brainwash feels overwhelmed as a performer, and the cake boss thought you should know. Boy, oh boy, I hate working with non-actors. It makes the day so much longer. You gotta hold their hand even more than you do with actual actors who can't so much as open a ketchup bottle without being told they're precious magical snowflakes. I wouldn't know. I work exclusively with the insane. Well, you're better off. Okay, so I'll take care of this guy. Or maybe even I'll give him three takes. Just thinking about it, I can't wait till it's over. And that will ring down the curtain on your directing career. You will devote the rest of your twilight years to hunting this monster. This monster, that monster, whatever monsters are out there. Wern, I'm telling you, I'm more excited about this than I ever have been about anything. I can't wait to get at those monsters! I presume your wife will accompany you on this grand adventure. 
No, Barbara's going to stay at home and operate the, what do you call it, command center. She's good with the computer. So she'll tell me where to go based on what she finds out from the internet. But out on the road, I'll be solo. It certainly sounds very exciting, despite the fact that it will occur almost exclusively in nature. Would that I could join you, my friend. Why don't you? It'd be good to have somebody to talk to out there, you know? There's also the idea that maybe being almost 80 years old and traveling all over the world to hunt things that might not exist isn't the safest thing I could be doing. The prospect of the two of us trotting the globe searching for cryptozoological creatures is too exciting to pass up. I shall put my entire life and career on hold and join you in this ill-conceived adventure. And if I am to die at the hand of a Sasquatch or by the cruel, overwhelming power of nature itself, so be it. Are you being sarcastic? No, I'm very excited. I just like to keep my voice in a comfortable range. Sounds intriguing! Maybe there's stuff we can learn from each other. Maybe. Hey, the gadget found something. Let me haul it up! Ooh, it's heavy. Something stuck on it? What do you see? I can just barely make out the machine as it approaches the surface. There is a shadow. Something has definitely snagged itself upon your sonar device. Hey, look at that! It's an old boot! Like from a Nancy and Sluggo cartoon! I would have said Henry, but I take your meaning. Oh, Warner Herzog. The Henry comic strip. Is that still running? I don't even know if that's still running. Henry, weird, bald kid. Wears a red shirt. He's friends with a dog. He never speaks. Then there was one strip that they ran where Henry spoke and people were all upset about it because Henry never speaks. And you know, Henry's been running forever. Forever. He, the Henry comic strip has been running since the time when it was normal for 10-year-old children to be bald. Because they worked in some weird factory or something where they had to, you know, hand paint the numbers on watches and the paint was toxic and made their hair fall out. So that's how long Henry's been going and not saying a word, never, never uttered so much as a written syllable. And there's one, if memory serves, involved his friend, that dog. And, uh, you know, you never saw Henry full on. You only ever saw him in profile and it looked like he didn't even have a mouth. So, you know, you just, I think after a while you just assumed, oh, he can't speak because he's, his mouth healed over. <laughs> just sealed shut. So of course he can't speak. And of course he would only have a friend who's a dog. You know, what, are they going to talk to each other? People talk to their dogs all the time. Guys, I don't even have time to get into that. How absurd that is. The thing that, here's what drives me nuts about dogs. Look, and I, I'm not equating them with birds who are the worst, obviously. The thing that drives me nuts about dogs is they haven't figured out pointing yet. Like when you point at something, 
you're trying to get the dog to look at that thing. Like they still just look at your, still just look at your hand. And I feel like they can't, they really can't like take the leap that, okay, I, I look, I don't, I do not want to get sidetracked. I, I don't want to, I don't want to discover that I have some problem with dogs. I don't want to discover that my, my real mother had a dog head. My bird head father, my dog head mother abandoned me. They're like millionaires. They live in a cloud city like Lando Calrissian. <laughs> so Henry, Henry and his dog are hanging out. If memory serves, the dog, for some reason, thought Henry was lucky. And Henry thought the dog was lucky. Like Maybe Henry was in a classroom. And the dog was thinking, oh, what a lucky boy to be in a classroom. <laughs> this doesn't sound right, but I, honest to God, I think this is what it was. And Henry's looking at the dog who's playing outside. Or just hanging out outside because he's not playing. You know, the dog's not not playing and also thinking, hey, Henry's really lucky. <laughs> even, even a cartoon dog can't keep a whole lot of thoughts going at the same time. And Henry, of course, was thinking, lucky dog, because Henry's cooped up in our terrible school system. Henry really should have been homeschooled, as all children should be. I don't really have a stance on that, by the way. So please, no comments about it. I have, I don't, first of all, I don't have kids. I have friends who have kids in school. I have friends who homeschool their kids. They all end up about the same. <laughs> Honestly, my friends with their homeschool kids, the homeschool kids seem just the same to me as their, as my friends who, uh, this is too many steps removed now. I'm have, losing the thread of pronouns anyway Henry right so I think he even I don't think he even said it I think he was just thinking there's a thought bubble of Henry thinking lucky dog and people lost their minds now that I say that that seems like an exaggeration I can't imagine, uh, even, even, even the Henry super fans must number in the teens, right? There can't be, there can't be even a hundred people who wrote to the newspaper saying, dear sir or madam, dear editor or editrix. I am writing to you because I take the gravest possible exception to your allowing of the comic strip character Henry to have a lucid thought. Every Sunday, I gather my family and my extended family, cousins, uncles, nieces, nephews, Grandparents of every stripe. We gather together in my home 
and everyone listens to me as I describe the Henry comical strip. I have performed such feats before the crowned heads of Europe. That's right. I have described a Henry comic strip for Queen Beatrix of the Netherlands. And I say, with no small modesty, that I am awesome at describing Henry comic strips. Well, you can imagine my shock, disgust, surprise, nonplusment, bemusement, anaphylactic anger <laughs> at seeing Henry of all peoples, of all peoples in the comic strip universe, Henry. Thinking a thing? Well. Two of my grand relations fainted. A niece and a nephew both burst into tears simultaneously. Their tears flowing together. Like a stream or a river, I'm not sure which. Why, even the dog. The family dog. Rested its head on the floor and covered its eyes with both paws, much like you would see in a in a filmed comedy that isn't very good. Mr. or Miss, I demand satisfaction. Not only am I requesting a refund. For the price of the newspaper, I am requesting a retroactive refund for every newspaper I have ever bought, be it your publication or another. Also, factor in there some OK magazines that I bought for the plane one time. Not only that, but I'm going to come into your home when you are asleep. And I'm going to describe a Henry in your sleeping ear. Except in this Henry, there will be no speaking. I will merely describe Henry's actions. It goes a little something like this. First panel, Henry breaks into your home. Second panel, Henry discovers you sleep upstairs. Third panel, Henry pours poison in your ear and a nod to the bard. Oh, the bard is Shakespeare, by the way. I'm presuming you are an ignoramus. So there you have it. Now you know what I'm going to do. The question remains, what are you going to do about it? Signed, yours most very sincerely, disgruntled reader, President Barack Obama. What? Oh my God. That is a crazy reveal. First of all, 
This Henry happened way before Barack Obama was president. So he knew? He knew his destiny? Or is it just a coincidence and it's a guy named President Barack Obama? Now look, I know that's a crazy coincidence, but that's what makes it a coincidence. It's like, huh. I mean, that's how you'd react, right? Upon meeting someone whose name was President Barack Obama and he was like way older than the president. Like he's in his 80s and his name just happens to be President Barack Obama. You'd be like, huh. You know, our president, his name is Barack Obama and your name is President Barack Obama. Huh. Eh, what are you going to do? Ladies and gentlemen, this next bit, this next bit of bittery, this comes from, see, Evan's playing Danny Boy. That means it's going to be an excerpt. I find the word excerpt both gross and satisfying to say. I, I think because I like the way it looks in my mind, like I can see the word in my mind. But then saying it out loud is like, ugh, not good mouthfeel. You know what I mean? Excerpt? Maybe it's because I'm saying excerpt to try to sound fancy. But I should just say excerpt. But that makes me sound dumb and my Philadelphia accent comes down a little bit, which I don't like. Nothing against my ancestral homeland of Philadelphia, but <laughs> you guys, listen to what you sound like. So, <laughs> this, this is an excerpting, ugh, worse, <laughs> ugh, I have to, to like move around in my chair. So much I didn't like that. I had to, I had to make, I wanted to erase the position I was in when it happened. So muscle memory would not take hold. And that's how I say that word from now on. So in this little snippet of uh, the Paul F. Tompkins show. This was recorded live at the San Francisco Sketchfest this past January. Um, and this features our friend John Hodgman, who's been here on the show before. It's a sketch we did together. And it was great fun to perform with John. We'd never done a sketch live before. And uh, he is uh, he's terrific. And he was really game for this and uh, and it was a treat it was a treat to perform with him he's one of the funniest people that has ever been my pleasure to know uh, so I hope you enjoy this sketch that's my hope and if you have a hope for me I hope that you will hope that I'll stop caring what you think that is a unreasonable request. Anyway, here's the sketch. It is called Sounds Fun. And it goes like this. I mean, here it goes. Ladies and gentlemen, 
At this point in the show, we'd like to debut a new segment. This is new. We haven't done this uh, down in Los Angeles. This is a brand new segment on the Paul F. Tompkins Show. It is where we uh, have a professional from the world of show business who works behind the scenes come out, and we give these these sort of unsung heroes um, a spotlight for a minute or two. Uh, it's a segment we call, let me just see what it says here, pay some attention to that man behind the curtain. Ah, that is terrible. That's an awful title. I'm sorry that I said it out loud, and I'm sorry that you all heard it. Anyway, please welcome to the stage, sound effects designer, Paul Short. Paul Short, ladies and gentlemen. This one, this one? Yes, just speak right in that microphone. Hi. Uh, oh, Mr. Short, thank you so much for being here. Comedy show. That's right. Well, my name's Paul and your name's Paul. It's kind of funny. That's, I, suppose. Well, I have a different last name, though. That's true. My last name is Short. Well, I'm, I'm not that short. No? I'm taller than you. Maybe? <laughs> anyway, so, um, uh, Paul, you design sound effects? Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes, I do. Sound effects are very important. They add so much more enjoyment to all the things we love. Uh, movies, television shows, TV, uh, films, almost everything. What about, uh, what about plays? No. Oh, sometimes. Mm. And how about books? No, never. But almost everything else. Yeah. And you design these effects yourself? Yes. It's uh, my job, uh, my passion, to create uh, sound effects that are so accurate uh, you don't even notice that they're there. If you don't care what a sound effect artist does, then I have done my job. <laughs> Well, I'm willing to bet that uh, no one here cares in the slightest about your job, so uh, mission accomplished. Oh, checks. thank you. Sure. So, uh, what I thought would be fun, I, uh, I brought along some sound effects from my lab, and I thought we could, uh, we could play them, and you could see if you could guess uh, what they are. Oh, well, that sounds fun. Yeah, right? <laughs> sure, that was for you. It's comedy. Okay, yeah, I'm ready. Yeah, okay, I'm ready. okay. Uh, let's play the first sound, please. Okay, I'm going to say that was a car door closing. Oh, you could not be more wrong. <laughs> that was a 2002 Crown Victoria police cruiser door closing. <laughs> Sorry. But, but, a police, but a police car. Okay, sure. Well, I don't understand. What, so you don't understand the difference? I guess I don't. Oh, accuracy in these things is really, really important. What you don't want are people in the theater going, oh, that's not a Crown Victor closing. That totally takes me out of the experience. Uh, I might as well walk out of this movie now, and uh, I guess I should demand my money back. Maybe I'll never come to this theater chain again. This is terrible. Get the kids, but take that popcorn. It's probably the last movie popcorn we'll ever have because we're never going to the movies again. Oh. That is what would happen. Sure. 
All right, Paul, let's move on to the next sound. This is uh, the sound of a car door closing. Okay, what kind of car was that? Just any kind of car. <laughs> no, what, what model or make or whatever? It has no, it's just a generic, a generic car that I built in my lab. <laughs> in case I ever get a script where they have a car door closing but they don't specify the maker model. Huh? You wanna have that. You built a car from scratch? In my lab. You really put a lot of yourself into your work. I like to say that I'm married to my work, but not really, that's just an expression. I'm actually married to that woman from the movie theater story. Her name is Joe. Okay, boy, you got any more sound effects? Yeah, yeah. This is a good one. Let's, let's play the next sound. Okay, I don't know what that was, oh. but it did not sound that good. That is the sound of me strangling a homeless man. <laughs> to see what it feels like to do that. <laughs> Why? My job calls for very specific sounds. You want to have a few in the bank. But if you like that one, you're going to love this. I didn't like it. No, no, no. You're going to love this next one, Paul. Good. Play the next sound. No, don't play any more sounds. Please, what is that? What is it? You don't recognize that, Paul? No, I don't recognize it. That's the sound of you sleeping. What? I, uh, I recorded that uh, yesterday while you were taking a nap in your house. You are freaking me out. There, you should not be freaked out. There's nothing freaky about it. I just love sound. I love collecting sound the same way I love collecting human hair. <laughs> oh, could I get a lock of your hair before I go? Oh, no. What? You can't. And speaking of going, I think you should go right now. I think you're a troubled person, and you should get out of here. Okay. He murdered somebody. <laughs> No, no, it's okay, it's okay, everyone, it's okay. It's the Paul F. Tompkins show, I understand. I'm going now. <laughs> there, I left. No, you didn't, that was just a sound effect, you're still standing here. Just get out. Why won't you join me and Joan in a world of sound, Paul? <laughs> I think you are a terrifying monster. And I need you to leave before I call the police. Please don't. Please don't make me go, Paul. You don't know what it's like. I mean, you know what it's like to be named Paul, but I mean... <laughs> to be alone in your lab with only sound effects. I mean, I love them, but a, a sound effect can't hold you. Sound effect can't make you breakfast the way you like. Sound effect can't rub your shoulders after a long day of making sound effects. <laughs> I'm so alone, Paul. But, but Paul, what about Joan? Oh, Joan. Poor sweet Joan. I should have told you. She's gone to the other side. Oh, she's... Yes, 
she left her mortal body to become pure sound. <laughs> I can't touch her, but I hear her all around me in the sound of car horns and babbling brooks and can openers. And the chirping of crickets and the fall of a gentle rain. What? No, just those three things that I know. Okay. Oh, Paul, I wish I could join her. I wish I could become pure sound. It's the ultimate wish of every sound effects artist. Oh, Paul, don't cry. I want to help you realize your stupid wish. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I do, but... But you have to be ready. I am ready. Okay. Close your eyes, Paul. Okay? Joni? I'm coming. There, there, Paul. Just be still. Soon you'll be reunited with Joan. I'm going to use this special pillow to cover your nose and mouth holes. Before too long, you'll be exactly where you want to be. Please, lower the lights. I don't want anyone to see you. of laughter of children and the smell of the wind. Wow, thank you, Paul. Thank you for showing me the gift of murder. <laughs> say hi to Joan for me. I will, but first I'm going to go say hi to the Bally's Total Fitness Women's Locker Room. Goodbye. Free. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, John Hodgman. <laughs> Mustache Club forever. There we go. Another sketch involving murder. <laughs> There's a lot of death in the sketches. I don't know why that is. I don't know why it's so funny to me. But it is. You gotta laugh at a man, right? You gotta laugh at death. You gotta look old man death in the eye and say, ha-ha! You can't get me, except you will. You get all things. <laughs> Other than that, you can't get me. Other than the fact that you absolutely will get me, you can't get me. I guess the way we win is not being scared of death. But why wouldn't we be? You can believe anything you would like to believe about what happens after you're no longer alive, but nobody's thrilled about it. You know what I mean? Some the people that are weirdos. They're in cults, you know. 
They're all wearing the same black Nikes. They're trying to hitch a ride with a comet. So when you hear that person say, no, I'm not scared of death at all, that makes you think, I'm on the right track being afraid of it. Because that guy's cuckoo brains. Well, that's not fair. I don't think that the Heaven's Gate cult were announcing to everyone they were going to kill themselves. They're like, hey, join our cult. We're going to kill ourselves. Because <laughs> if you are suicidal, do you want to join a dumb cult? It's a personal, private thing, really. Not to get all Downton Abbey about it, but when a gentleman commits suicide... He does so out of the sight of ladies and servants. Not a fun topic. Let's move on. Oh, that was Chris Hardwick. He's still trapped in the internet. Um, sorry, Chris. You have made your bed. And now you must be trapped in the internet in it. I'm assuming he's got a bed in there somewhere. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you know our friend Jen Kirkman. We have known each other for a long time. And the, the thing that prompted this call was that uh, this particular call. I should say, because I was going to call her anyway. But the thing, the thing that prompted this particular call. See, I slurred earlier, and then I try to say particular, super crisp. It's called overcompensating, and also, why am I talking about it? This particular convo. inspired by my recent jaunt on the ocean uh, back in February of this year 2012 now I'm just <laughs> now I'm just gonna pronounce every other word weird I can't do that to you guys come on not every other word I'm gonna I'm gonna give you every eighth word I pronounce it a weird way that's fun but every other word oh by the way no argument about that it is fun but every other word, that's wearing. And it's also, it's, I'm not communicating well and I might as well be a stupid bird. So, um, I went on this cruise at the invitation of, uh, the great singer-songwriter Jonathan Colton. He did this cruise, did it the year before, and this is like a thing now that people are doing. Artists are doing this. Where they get on a cruise ship, they get a bunch of their fans to sign on for this. And then you're all on the cruise together. And it's fun. Now, are there other people on the cruise that are not part of this gathering? Yes, of course there are. You got your old folks. You got your older folks. You got your people that are on motorized transport jazzies rascals other undignified things 
Why can't they call them... Guys, that is just now occurring to me. With old people, why don't they call those things... And people ride those for all sorts of reasons. It's you're either way too old, or perhaps you're morbidly obese. You see that more at theme parks. You know, very heavy people on these things. Couldn't they have called them something dignified? I mean, for God's sake. Like, like they're trying to take the the stigma out of it by calling it jazzy. It's like, just, it makes me feel jazzy. I'm on there, I'm jazzy. I'm riding around like a regular rascal. I'm a bit of a rascal. Is that... That's just not... I don't think anybody feels that way. When, when they're ordering the thing, you know? When they... Someone takes them to the store. Obviously, they're not getting there under their own power, obviously. Hence... The Jazzy Rascal. Ooh, guess what, though? <laughs> I like that as a nickname. <laughs> the Jazzy Rascal. Please welcome the Jazzy Rascal. Maybe that's what I'll call Eben. He can't... Look, he's... 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 <laughs> he's jazzing it up in a rascally way. Oh my god, it's killing me. And it's also reminding me of the guy who played the piano in that show, It's a Living. <laughs> Can I tell you a quick story about that? That guy's name is Paul Kreppel. There was a sitcom called It's a Living, and it was about waitresses who worked a uh, hotel bar in this high-rise hotel. It's a living. And so, um... The, the guy who played the piano, his name was Sonny Man. That's the character's name. <laughs> this, this is so... Guys, this is so old that I feel like... This is what my... This is what my Canadian friends must feel like when they're describing their TV shows to me. Things like The Beachcombers or The Littlest Hobo. These are Canadian TV shows. I got here, one of their TV stars was named Bruno Gerussi. So it's a living. High-rise hotel, waitresses. The, the guy who played the piano in the lounge, his name was Sonny Mann, played by the actor Paul Kreppel. And so I was trying to remember his name one time. I was with a group of friends. We looked him up on IMDb and there he was Paul Kreppel it's like okay yes that's the guy and then I always like to look to see if anybody has a message board on their page and Mr. Kreppel did not have a message board so as I was logged in under my friend's account I put on there the subject line I started a discussion subject line simply the best then the body of the thing Anybody out there love this guy as much as I do? And then the next time I checked, I can't remember how long it had been. I kind of forgot I did that. And by the way, I was not trying to be mean. I know this comes off as mean because this guy did not have any IMDb discussions. But the, the way I'd composed it in my head tickled me so much that I put it on there. 
And then I was glad to see, it, it made me feel a little bit better, somebody responded and said, yeah, he's super funny. And I always loved him on that show. And I was like, great. Because let me tell you something. When I was a kid, that's how I felt about that guy on that show. I thought he was super funny. I loved anybody who was like the, the really, the crazy character that nobody else liked on the show. Like a Herb Tarlick. I loved the guy who was the officious jerk or whatever variant of that on sitcoms. That always cracked me up. The comic villain of the piece. How did I even end up talking about this? Ja <laughs> Thank you, Evan. Oh! Oh! Oh my God in heaven! Oh! Oh! See. I should not laugh right into the microphone like that. Folks, if you are ever wondering, first of all, if you're ever wondering if Eben is playing live while I ramble like this, and if you're ever wondering why Eben plays live when I ramble like this, because it could very easily, I could be, I could do it at home, no microphone, and just send it to Eben, and then have him, you know, score it. We could pretend that it's live. And this is, this is another reason why it takes so long to put this podcast together. We have to get together like this so we can do this live for a moment like that, which to me is worth all the money in the world. Oh, Jazzy Rascal. Jazzy Rascal, you've done it again. That is, that is some classic Jazzy Rascal right there. <laughs> so on the cruise ship... killing me <laughs> on the, I really enjoyed being on the cruise ship uh, I like boats a lot and being out in the middle of the ocean where you are surrounded on all sides by water like to be out on the deck and it's like, it's like there's no nothing anywhere and then to just be thinking about how many sharks are below me and I'm just on top of the ocean like way up top, way up firm and high, as Bob Seger sang about being on a boat and knowing that underneath there's so many sharks and thinking, if I were to go overboard, if this ship were to sink and I were to be torn apart by sharks, there's a great honor in that. This is why I've never learned to swim out of respect for the sea and its many sharks. But there was a wonderful, <laughs> but there was a wonderful moment. There is, because I was performing as part of the show that Jonathan, the series of shows that Jonathan put together. And there was a formal night where people wore formal wear. And I was thrilled that this was happening and I brought along white tie and tails like I went classic old school with it and so I performed that day and uh, that the, the shows were like early or late afternoon 
and then we all had dinner in the same place, great dining hall. And so the perform first of all at the show itself, I do my performance, and uh, the crowd was great. There was such a great crowd, and at the end, I got a standing ovation, and I was like, "Boom! This is unexpected. How did this happen? This is very nice." This, you know, standing ovations do not happen all the time. This is a very nice thing. And so I was bowing, thank you so much. And I walk off stage, and then it kind of dawned on me. I think they do that for everybody. <laughs> now granted, if it had just outright stunk, I don't think people would have been getting on their feet. But they're a very nice and welcoming and enthusiastic group of people that attend this cruise. So, you know, I feel like it was, it's, it's, it's a curious embarrassment that's like nothing else when you realize, hmm, I didn't, I don't think I fully earned that standing ovation. <laughs> that's, I don't know what the term is for that. Germans, where are you at? So then later that night, but this is a wonderful thing. Later that night, I go into the the dining room where everyone is assembled for dinner. And this is a thing that they do for everyone. And it is very, and this is weird. This is like I knew because I'd seen it happen. I knew for sure, oh, they do this for everyone. And I kind of forgot about it. And then I walked into dinner and then people noticed me walk in and they applauded for me because I had performed that day. And uh, that was a truly wonderful moment where I was standing there in white tie and tails on this cruise ship where everyone is wearing formal wear and having this crowd uh, applaud for me in this dining room was truly wonderful. And it was a unique experience that, uh, I, that really touched me. And in that moment, I didn't think about any perfunctory nature of it. I didn't even care. This was just a really, it was like one of those things that happens in life where you have a little snapshot in your brain the shutter goes off and you're like I'm gonna always remember this and then like with all those moments you think I'm gonna talk about it on the podcast and I'm gonna get unexpectedly <laughs> sincere and some people are gonna be like what is going on is this gonna be a regular thing now because I don't think I like it I wish you'd go back to talking about birds. Look, we all wish that. Anyway, so on the topic of cruise ships, I kind of knew somewhere in my mind, like, Jen Kirkman must have a story about this. It seems impossible that she wouldn't. And sure enough, she did. So here now is my call, my chat with my pal Southie. That's right, Jazzy Rascal. Take us home. <laughs> this is really embarrassing, but when Titanic came out, <laughs> I, I honestly had not been to the movies in a theater in like a year. I went through this little phase where I just didn't want to go see movies. And so when I saw that movie, it blew my mind. I hadn't seen special effects like that in so long. I thought the love story was beautiful. I was crying. 
And I just thought, I want to go on a cruise. I love boats. I'm not great with flying, but for some reason, boats don't scare me. It's very weird that I went to see a movie about a ship that sank and then was like, I am a stressed out, neurotic, phobic person. I, I want to get on this thing. And my roommate at the time was a girl who um, I didn't know very well. She was a mutual friend of, uh, I lived with a guy and a girl, and the guy was um, our mutual friend. So he said, you know, my roommate, um, we're going to have this new roommate, Melanie. I'm like, great. So she moves in. We become friends, and she's a travel agent. And I can't stop talking about Titanic, and I'm like, I want to take a cruise. And I'm trying to, like, I'm kind of planning my own cruise. Like, I'm saving my money. I'm, I'm going to probably do one of those cheesy Caribbean things. I like the idea that you can't stop talking about the cruise, and your friend, the travel agent, had dollar signs in her eyes. <laughs> you know, I, this is so funny. I never even thought. <laughs> what happened was, Melanie comes into my room. Uh-huh. And she goes, I know it's not your birthday, but I have something for you. And she'd wrapped up a gift and I opened it and it was two tickets to a cruise and she said you know I got a really great deal at work from myself and I'd like to take you on a cruise you know you've been such a good friend to me and welcoming me and living here and and so I'd like to and I'm like oh my god and I'm then I look at it and it says cruise to Nova Scotia which it's not a Caribbean destination by any means but I didn't want to complain and she's like it's this weekend like we're going this weekend And it was a senior's gambling cruise. So it wasn't even like, it was for senior citizens, and it mainly just had casinos. And it was going to Nova Scotia for no good reason. (laughs) So I'm trying to be nice, and I'm like, well, maybe it'll be fun. Mm -hmm. But we get on the boat, and the room is really small. And it's like twin beds across from each other. And... I mean, it's a really small room, right. and it's not glamorous at all, and there's no upper deck with, like, lawn chairs. I mean, it's so cold upstairs on the deck that it is like the Titanic. Like, right. your face would freeze, and you would get icicles. But it's like the Titanic at the end of the movie, not at the beginning yes, of the Yes, when movie. nobody is doing so well. <laughs> <laughs> when people have hypothermia. When there's a, a, spot of, a spot of bother is happening. Sniffle. I also can't feel my legs. <laughs> so I was kind of bummed, but I was like determined to have this nice time. And um, she just kept wanting to drink, like real heavy drinking. Sure. And they didn't take credit cards on this boat. They only took cash. And there wasn't Ooh, an ATM wow. machine or an ATM. Yeah. That, that seems strange, right? It seems strange. And maybe I'm not remembering it correctly. Maybe there was a reason or some specific thing or we didn't have a credit card with us, but there was something where there wasn't a credit card, and I, I really can't remember why, but that's all I know. No, I, I'm probably getting it wrong. I think for some reason we just didn't bring a credit card, or there was something, something. How old were you guys? We might have, uh, like, 22 or 3. Yeah, you might not have had it all together. I might not have had it all together. I probably had, like, well, the I'm two of you. I mean, I'm also implicating the friend who has no interest other than heavy drinking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to lay this all on you. I'm holding the cash. And for some reason, I want to you know I've only had about one drink. So nobody's drunk yet. Mm-hmm. We're just beginning. Mm-hmm. And I want to keep dancing on the dance floor because there's nobody on it because everybody's elderly. Right. 
and they were playing good music like disco and stuff that's fun to dance to and Melanie kept being like just sit down with me stop dancing no sit down stop stop and a couple times I'll get up and dance with you and she was like play slow songs play slow songs and I was like why and she was like it'd be funny if we slow dance it'd be funny and I was like Okay, and I didn't really understand what was happening. So then I went up to the deck because I just told her I wanted, like, a moment. I wanted to have my <laughs> king of the world moment, like, on Titanic. I know, it was really lame. I th- no, no, no. So I, I go I'm up. laughing because, I, I, because I'm realizing what's happening. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so I go up on the, on the boat, and she follows me, and I'm on the, you know, railing, and I only have about 10 minutes before I'm, like, way too cold. Right. And she's like, I'm going to go back down. Here, give me some drink money. I'll at least go get us a drink and bring one up here. And I'm like, okay. And I take out the cash. And it blows away all oh, the cash we had. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> it blows into the Atlantic, ah. like the heart of the ocean. Never to the be seen again. The Cordula Bear. Oh, no. <laughs> yes. I dropped it. Oops. But I didn't do it on purpose. And she's like, Jen, is that all of our money? And I'm like, I'm sorry it is. Oh, my God. <laughs> The drinking was now not happening. And she was overly devastated. She was like, but I wanted to have fun and get these fruity drinks and get drunk with you. I just, and I was like, why? I mean, we didn't drink a lot back at the apartment, really. We never socialized. So it it just seemed very odd. And then we, I don't know, she got mad at me. And so then I ended up staying on the deck because I was uncomfortable and I just wanted to be away from her. I thought she was acting really weird. And then... We just eventually went to bed, and I woke up in the middle of the night, and she was awake and just staring at me (laughs) from her bed. And I was like, oh, hey. And she was like, hi. And I was like, is she like a psycho or something? Like, what is she? Is this like a single white female? And so then that was just weird, and I just kind of shut my eyes and went back to sleep. Then we were sailing back, and then... She was just mad at me the whole time and being really weird to the point where I felt like, did I do something wrong or did you did you want? I mean, it, it we spent the whole time talking about our feelings mm-hmm. on the way back, like sitting in our tiny room, and she just kept being like, I don't know, I just thought you were more responsible. I mean, I can't believe you would throw the money out like that. And I was like, I didn't mean to, and and she's like, you don't even seem grateful enough for this trip. I mean, like you you like. You're freezing, you're always complaining. And I was like, well, no, I just, okay, well, I'm sorry. I kind of wanted to go on a Caribbean cruise, but that's okay. I can still save up and do one. And she just got very upset. And then as we were sitting there, well, as we were sitting there, we had like an hour left and we're in our little room. And I'm like, okay, there's only an hour left. We'll be fine. We're probably just going stir crazy. And it's, we don't know each other that well. It's not a good idea. And she goes, I have to tell you something. And I went, what? And she goes, I'm in love with you. And I'm like, oh, what? Oh, not just... Not just I like you or I have feelings. No, I'm in love with I'm you. In I've love been in love with, with you. you. Oh. Yeah. And she goes, you know, I know you've had a really hard year and you got dumped and you're sad. And, you know, I honestly think that I felt it too. Like she said, I thought you were in love with me too. And that's why, I mean, who says yes to a cruise unless they're in love with someone? And I'm thinking, <laughs> what? Because you're my friend and my roommate, and you bought me a cruise. And I thought, okay, we'll go on the seniors' cruise because it would be funny. And I said, well, I'm so sorry. I don't have the same feelings back for you. And then she was like, yes, you do. Oh, oh. And I said, no, I don't. And she said, well, why don't you have a boyfriend? I said, I don't know. I'm looking. I'm looking. 
And she said, you really think that you just like boys? And I said, yeah. I love her. Her logic is like, you know, there's a thing in, in the law that says, you know, if you're a lawyer, you don't ask a question that you don't already know the answer to. Yes. <laughs> like she's going to paint you into a corner. Yeah, I feel like I honestly almost just said, God, maybe it would just be easier if I was in love with her. Can I muster that up? <laughs> At least it'll stop this argument if I just agree with her. But, she, you know, the thing is, even if I did like girls, she just wasn't my type anyway. But it, it wasn't even that. It wasn't even that. I wouldn't even go that far in the thinking. It was just, let's say I have been in love with her. I wouldn't have been after someone yelling at me in a tiny, tiny bedroom or staring at me when I slept. Yeah, I mean, I've been in love, and I never wanted to stare at people when they slept. Never. Well, like a peek or something. Oh, that's cute. But not like staring at them. And then if they woke up, I would have been self-conscious about it, like, oh, sorry. And not like, I, oh, that's right, you caught me. <laughs> so then I was like, well, now here we are with 55 minutes left in this tiny room. Oh, and then we'll drive back the two hours from, you know, oh, Maine to Boston. Rough. And then, oh, then we'll just go back to living together. So this will be I forgot the about worst year ever. I forgot about that. that is, there's oh, no... yeah, I lived with this person. Oh. Oh. And so that's what happened. We sat in silence. And I moved out a month later, actually. Oof. And she Oof. did show up at my parents. I had moved back in with my parents. I was trying to save a little money. And I hadn't told my parents, hey, if this girl ever shows up, maybe tell her I'm not home. Um, so I just heard my mom go, oh, hi, Melanie, come on in. Jen's in the living room. And then she just came in the living room and was like, so, have you rethought about what I said? And I said, no, I'm, no. Have you, how much later is this? About a month. <laughs> oh, so she gave you a solid month to, to consider yeah. being in love with her. I just had to say no, and, and that was it. But she did say... You know, she still worked at that travel company. And she did say, well, okay, well, I can still get you a good deal on that Caribbean cruise oh. if you want to go. And, like, no hard feelings. And I was like, thanks, but I'm going to use my money and move to New York instead, but, but thank you. And I never took her up on, on that. I just felt like it would have been wrong to yes, well, let you... her arrange a Caribbean cruise for me. Yes, I think you did the right thing. <laughs> Now, did you ever hear from her again after that? No, but everybody's friends with her, and I guess she's doing well and is totally normal. And I, I think um, someone we have in common probably listens to this and will be like, oh, boy. But, you know, I think she's doing great. I think she did find love eventually. Good. And I think the moral of the story is that her heart will go on. And I think it did go on. <laughs> I'm like the, the Leo DiCaprio, you know. Mm, you know what, though? I showed her a good time, and then I drowned. You might be more like the Billy Zane of this story. The jerk? Yeah. In her in, in her version of Titanic, yes. I guess so. There needed to be a third person in the equation, so we would so we could know for sure. But you you kind of filled both roles. I guess when you play that game, what Titanic character am I? I just always thought I was a Leo. <laughs> Oh, Southie. Love is a strange thing, ladies and gentlemen. It will make us... It'll make us behave strangely. 
It'll cause us to have strange behaviors. Is that the same thing? I feel like I just paraphrased. But that's nice that the young lady has uh, got her life together. Everything's fine. Don't worry about her. Everything's fine. It's fine, you guys. Stop it. Stop pestering me with questions about this woman I've never even met! It's nice to have friends, folks. It's nice to have a friend like Jen. Like Jen. Right? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, uh, perhaps you know that I'm a stand-up comedian and that uh, I do comedy in front of people. Like this right now, you're, the way you listen to this, it's private, right? Like nobody else knows that you're listening to this. You have some sort of headphone, some sort of earbud, uh, some sort of phone bud? Is that a thing? What would a phone bud be? Would it be like a phone that fits inside your ear? Because is that the... I guess I don't know the bud part of earbuds, what that's supposed to mean. But however you're listening to this, whether it be headphone, earbud, phone bud, phone ear, head, phone head, phone bud. Oh, did that. <laughs> I didn't think I ran through all the permutations so quickly, but uh, life is what happens to you while you're busy. I'm trying to think of compound words. Um, but you are listening to this and no one else knows. That's, that's kind of fun. That is like we are conspiring, which means to breathe together. We're breathing together, you and I. Do it with me. Do it out loud at your desk. I just like picturing it. I like picture. I like picturing somebody actually going along with that. I, you know, I tell you what, guys. If you're serious about this, let's do it. I'm gonna give you a three count, and then we'll both exhale like that. Now you got. You, I'm wearing headphones right now, and so are you. So if you're wearing headphones, I'm wearing headphones. Let's both have the experience of exhaling at the same time. I'm alone in a room right now. You might be surrounded by people, and even right now, Eben can hear me do this. No one will know why you're doing it. So you're cubicle neighbor they'll just hear this and you know what they'll think they'll think you're about to enjoy an apple they'll think you're doing that thing that people only ever in movies do where they breathe on an apple and polish it on their shirt that's the that's that's their that's them cleaning their produce you got to be kidding me you know you're gonna eat that, right? It's not like you you do with your glasses. 
So you're saying the 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 vapor from your dumb breath, which by the way, your mouth is disgusting, right? The the apple can only help. You're gonna breathe on this apple. That's all the moisture you need to clean off what a billion pesticides. Ugh. Now who's being naive, Kay? Okay, here we go. Countdown to exhalation. Starting at three, going to one, just so you know. So don't, I'm saying I'm counting down from three, three, two, one, like that. Don't do it now. Oh, this is, this is getting murky. I'm warning you that I'm starting at three because I don't want you to hear three and think, oh, I missed one and two. And then you're exhaling while I'm saying two and one. I'm going to start at three, count down to one. Uh, I'm going to do this. Start at three, count down to one, then say go. All right. I could just say go. But the 3-2-1 lets you get into position. And also, if we're honest, it builds a fun anticipation. Okay, here we go. Gonna exhale together. Counting down from 3 to 1. <clears throat> Eben, you can do it too, even though no one will ever hear you. Here we go. 3, 2, 1, go. <sighs> I hope you did it. I'm not gonna ask you if you did it. <laughs> look, look. Eben's triumphant music indicates that you did do it. <laughs> Eben's fanfare reflects the joy that we all feel in having accomplished something together. Yeah. Look, you gotta breathe in. You might as well breathe out with a friend. All right, friendship my thesis statement. I don't know. Who cares? Oh, anyway. So I'm... Look, yeah. I do... Uh, I do... What you call it? Comedy. And um, I'm going to be doing it in public places. These places are open to the public. Paying public. It costs money to see me do these things. That's right. Look. I'm laying out travel expenses. Put myself up at hotels. Getting my shoes shined. Ordering caviar from room service. Uh, this stuff has to be paid for, folks. When I go to the Holiday Inn Express and I ask them to send me up a pasta dish filled with caviar, after the argument is over, I have to go hoof it and get my own caviar. Now, now, now I'm wasting shoe leather. These things have to be paid for. And you can start paying me <laughs> in the Twin Cities of Minnesota. Friday, May 11th, St. Paul. I'll be doing Wits at the Fitzgerald Theater. This is a, uh, I don't even know how to describe it. This is like a variety show hosted by John Moe of Minneapolis, M Minneapolis, Minneapolis Public Radio. I'm adorable. John Moe. <laughs> from Minneapolis Public Radio hosts a show called Wits uh, and I'll be appearing there with uh, musical guest Amy Mann my old pal maybe we'll do some music together we'll find out I have not even broached the subject with Amy Mann or John Moe and this could be very embarrassing if you go to that show and we don't do a song together you might draw the conclusion oh Paul got shut down oh, I also might have forgotten to ask so be kind and think that that is the reason. 
uh, Saturday, May 12th, the very next day, crossing over that treacherous border, I'll be crossing over the Minnesota moat from St. Paul to Minneapolis. I will be returning to Pepito's Parkway Theater. I was there last year and really enjoyed it. I liked that place and the crowd was, uh, to coin a phrase, Minnesota nice. Um, I'm thrilled to be returning to Pepito's and I will be there. Um, Saturday, May 26th and May 27th, uh, I will be taking part in the Austin Sketch Fest in Austin, Texas. I'll be performing at the 29th Street Ballroom, formerly called something else. Now it's called the 29th Street Ballroom. And that will be Friday and Saturday. Saturday and Sunday. Oh, shit. Oh, woo. I got, I got all flustered there. Forget I ever said that F word of the week. Saturday and Sunday, Austin, Texas, 29th Street Ballroom. The Paul F. Tompkins Show is returning. We took a month off after the 10th anniversary show, which was, that was nuts. What a fun show. Thank you to everyone who came out for that. Uh, and thank you to all my guests. It was, uh, it was a very exciting time, but it was exhausting. So we took a month off. We'll be back Saturday, May 19th. Special guests to be announced. Tickets are on sale. And in fact, tickets for the rest of the year for the Paul F. Tompkins show. All the remaining shows for the rest of 2012. They are available now. Plan your life around me! Tickets for everything. You can find links for tickets for everything that I've just mentioned at pauleftompkins.com. Here's some plugs for Ebbage Letter. Starting in June, first Tuesday of every month, he'll be at the Steve Allen Theater presenting Eben Schletter's Fantastical Musicorium. This will be June through September, and Eben will be doing his music from uh, his records. He's got several different records, uh, several different genres of music, too. Um, and maybe some stuff that he's done for movies and TV. And of course, plenty of theremin. If you have not seen, if you're going to be in Los Angeles, First Tuesday of any month, June through September. Do go check this out. Not just because Eben is great, but Eben playing the theremin is jaw-droppingly amazing. You've never seen anybody play the theremin. Come on. Who do you think you are? Also, Eben will have a new record coming out. Uh, Eben Schletter's 21st Century Doomsday Spectacular. It looks like that is coming out at the beginning of July. We will keep you updated. You'll find out. And our friend Jen Kirkman. She is traveling hither and yon. She's got shows in Los Angeles, Northern California, Oregon, Texas, Washington State, New Jersey, New York State. What's with the... Did we have to name so many things twice that we have to say state? Poor planning. Poor planning, Founding Fathers and Manifest Destinyers. Uh, for, for all her live dates and stuff, go to jenkirkman.com and then check on her live performance schedule. Well, that's it, folks. That's all the plugs for everything. Just about. Oh, hold on a second. A few more might come up. <laughs> come on. Is it the end of the world? You had to listen to that? Good gravy. 
Pardon my faux language. But that's it, folks. Pod F Tomcast has come to a close once more. And we thank you for listening. The Pod F Tomcast is produced by Eben Schletter and myself, with sound design and music by Mr. Schletter. For more information about Eben Schletter, go to ebenschletter.com. And you really should, because we'll put up videos and stuff there. You can follow him on Tumblr and see the stuff he posts. Our announcer is Damon Crawl, whom I recently saw in a commercial for uh, Carbonite, that thing that backs up your computer somewhere out in a cloud. He plays a, a priest marrying a couple. I was very excited. See somebody you know on TV, it's exciting. You jump up and down. Special thanks to Janie Haddad Tompkins, my wife, for her support, for her patience, for her love. I thank people for loving me. It's only polite. You can check Janie out on the David Feldman podcast, which is a funny political podcast. And she also, you can get a good look at her. That sounds gross to say about your own wife. But she appears visually on a podcast called This Week in Mad Men. Mad, yes, Mad Men. Why did I suddenly feel like the day I was saying the name wrong? This Week in Mad Men, which is a roundtable discussion, her and two other people, and they they discuss the it's uh, Mondays, and they discuss the previous night's Mad Men, and it's great because that show there's a lot to talk about. Sometimes you need three people to help out. So Janie is a panelist on that show. Check it out. I want to thank everyone at Largo at the Coronet for all their all their all their help, all their help in driving me to and from my accent class. It's really coming along, and now I sound like a glorious old Southern gentleman who's got a tale or two to tell. <laughs> thank everyone at Largo for their support and for their help in putting that show together every month. It is my pleasure to perform there. Everybody, check out my new DVD, Paul F. Tompkins' Laboring Under Delusions. just aired on Comedy Central, and um, the response has been really overwhelmingly overwhelming and overwhelmingly positive, and I thank everyone who said nice things about it and who enjoyed it uh i was really happy with the way that it turned out and for a tv version with commercials and stuff it actually was not too choppy you know that's a tough thing to fit an hour of stories into 42 minutes with commercials you know it was um it was a tall order but i was really pleased with the way it came out and, and people have said really great things you can get it on dvd is the full set which is then it expands from 42 minutes to an hour and 15 minutes. I guess my point is there's a lot of extra comedy in there. And hopefully by the time you're hearing this, the iTunes issues will have been straightened out and you can download it on iTunes if you'd rather not buy a physical copy. 
there, you may have questions about the download. Will the download include the special features that the physical DVD has? Guess what? I don't know, and no one has told me. I will try to find that out. Or hopefully there'll be a description that lets you know that. If your order from Amazon has not arrived yet, please do keep in mind that I do not work at Amazon. I'm certainly not in the shipping department. And Amazon is on Twitter, just like I am, and just like you are. I think you can, I think you see where I'm headed with this, right? Um, if you want to buy other stuff, I got CDs and DVDs at a specialthing.com forward slash store. Eben CDs are on iTunes and Amazon. We're both on Tumblr, we're both on Twitter. Facebook, although Facebook, I feel like, might be going the way of the dodo for me because it becomes increasingly messy and hard to view and increasingly more irritating in which to participate. So, uh, I don't know. I don't know how much longer I'm going to be doing Facebook. But we'll see. Uh, if you like the podcast, please leave a review on iTunes. Say something nice, right? Say something like, this podcast is a lot of fun. It's just silly. This guy's not trying to hurt no one. Say it like that. Say it exactly like that. This podcast is fun and silly. Here's, here's what I want you to say. I'm going to give you a choice of three reviews you can leave on iTunes. And then we'll see which one is the more popular. You can say, This podcast is fun and silly. This guy's not trying to hurt no one. Give it a listen. And if you don't like it, may we part ways as friends. <laughs> what? That's it. I said it, and that's ironclad, so that you can write that review. Review number two. Of all the podcasts that I've ever listened to, this one has charmed me more than any of them. Pod F Topcast, I am forever in your debt. A debt that I hope I will repay with my laughter. <laughs> That's review number two. Review number three, this is so it doesn't look fishy, right? Review number three, don't use any capitalization or punctuation. And you say, and this is how, by the way, this is how I read things online. When people don't use punctuation or capitalization, this is the voice uh, in which I read it, okay? So this is how it should come out. No punctuation, no capitalization. This podcast rocks. Why aren't other podcasts like this one? It's so good. Wish it came out every day, LOL. All right? Those are your three reviews. And we'll see... Which of those reviews is the winner? Which one people gravitate towards the most? Maybe we'll do this again next time. <laughs> Probably not. I bet. <laughs> I bet this is a one and done situation. But maybe we'll come up with another fun thing like it that we can do. And that's it, folks. So it was a little strange, right? It was a little rusty getting back in. And the stream of consciousness took me to places I did not expect. 
Well, that's kind of the point, isn't it? What am I talking about? I'm, I'm, I think I'm speaking more tonally, tonally. But look, that's the beauty of this medium. And I do hope you agree. And if you don't, well, you know what you can do, mister. My one listener. Yeah, I know. I've been pretending this whole time that other people listen. I know it's you. That's it, folks. We'll be back next time. Thank you, as always, for listening. Thank you, as always, for sharing it with other people. You guys are great. And Evan and I are lucky that people like you listen to this show and enjoy it. So thank you so much. We'll see you next time. And remember, don't get drunk and fight each other. Good night.